from Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Radio Hour. This is indeed the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we are pleased to uh, welcome in Mario Riberiano, who is from the Filipino Apostolate here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Mario, good day to you. Hello, uh, good day to you, Gabe. Uh, uh, it's Bob, but uh, that's okay. Hey, hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. <laughs> Gabe's Sorry our producer, that. but... Uh, I, was talk- I was talking to Gabe earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to talk with you. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Filipino Apostolate and uh, your role in it here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Okay, so the Filipino Apostolate of the Catholic Diocese of Sacramento was um, was established way back in um, July 9, uh, 2011, when um, our very old, most reverend uh, Bishop Jaime Soto um, gathered together all the Filipino leaders uh, from the different parishes in the diocese. And uh, he got them all together, and the objective of it was to foster unity among the Filipinos in the diocese, considering the big contribution that we've done uh, in each parish. As you can see, um, in the different parishes, you would see Filipinos doing, serving the, the Lord, serving the parish individually, you know, as Eucharistic ministers, as lectors, and the children even as uh, altar servers. So that, that was it. That was the purpose of the meeting. We would be uh, united in celebration uh, so much more with our own very our very own saint, uh, San Lorenzo Ruiz, and also to, to show the, the very distinct religious culture of the Filipinos, which, is, which happened on, in December. Uh, the Simbangabe or the nine-day Novita masses uh, uh, that happens in December for uh, to commemorate before the birthday of Jesus, which is uh, December 25th. So we are all gathered uh, in unity uh, in being part of the Filipino Apostolate of the Catholic Diocese of Sacramento. Um, and the second question, Bob, is that uh, the founder president of of the ministry uh, was um, Brother John Rigadio, um, and he's, he's the founding president, and he was the president until uh, this year, when unfortunately he passed away, and um, because of that, the leadership was passed on to me. Um, so. Now I'm the current president of the Filipino Apostolate of the Catholic Diocese of Sacramento. So, Mario, tell us, uh, I mean, is there a, a specific Filipino parish? I mean, your population is, is spread pe- pretty evenly all over the Sacramento area. Yes, uh, all over the Sacramento area, we have a lot of Filipinos in, uh, in Sacramento itself. And then we have a lot of Filipinos in in, in different parts, like uh, I would say Folsom 
in Vacaville, in mm-hmm. Fairfield, right. uh, in Roseville. So we are we are everywhere. And as I've said, we serve uh, the parishes really religiously with uh, so much dedication. And and that's and 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 this uh, celebration is one of our showcase of how dedicated we are to serve God. Yeah, it's it's uh, and so many priests now uh, we have in the diocese are from the Philippines as well. Yes, yeah, you're right, uh, and that's uh, and that's why and they are the pillars of the Filipino apostolate. They're the ones who gives gives uh, advice to us, and they they're the ones who keep us uh, moving. And in what we do in this ministry, <laughs> thanks to them, thanks to God, more especially the Filipino Apostolate. We've got uh, priests like Father Rubico, right. Arata, Father Jay Collier, and Father George Snyder, Father Rubico. You know, I I can name a few, but there's lots of them um, supporting us. Yeah, my my uh, former former pastor, Father Ray Bersabal, uh as well, uh, mm-hmm. and many many, and it's it's just. Uh, it's very heartening to see the Universal Church just right here in Sacramento. Yes, yes, that's, that's right. And, and I'm also proud that, you know, when it comes to the, the church, Universal Church, and also in the diocese, uh, the Filipinos have uh, contributed a lot, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in building this church. And we hope that through the Filipino apostolate, we would be able to inspire more Filipinos to, to come out and be of service to God. And, um, yes, yeah, what they said, that the harvest is plenty, but the labors are few, and um, <laughs> it's one way of making uh, each one of us uh, come out and serve God. Amen. And, you know, I mean, if, if, uh, the Philippines themselves, such a, such a, such a Catholic country, and... Uh, uh, I think it still holds the world record for the uh, greatest attendance at a at a mass <laughs> of some something like six million or some just unbelievable figure. Yeah, the the the, the, uh, the six million was uh, during the visit of uh, Pope Francis mm-hmm. uh, to the Philippines, and uh, yeah, you're right. It was a record. More than six million Filipinos came out, you know, uh, to to go and see him. I so prayed if they got six million people in one spot, it might sink. <laughs> good, good thing, good, good thing, it did happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just, I mean, the 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 pictures from that, uh, the video from that, is just stunning. It's just yeah, and, and and I have to tell you, I, I was, I was, me and my family was part of that. Were you? Uh, oh, proud. wow. We, yeah, we I were there when that happened. I'd have yeah. given anything to be there. You know, what, what, when you look back on things that happened in history and you go, oh, I wish I, wish I could have been there, that's, that's one of them. Yeah, it, 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 it was record-breaking, and, and we were just so happy to be, to be part of that and so inspiring. And coming from that, uh, and that's why we, we, would, we would want to serve. And, and, uh, and uh, Filipino apostolate is one way of, of doing that, uh, you know, encouraging uh, Filipinos. To be one with us. And, uh, you know, my uh, my hometown of Davis, uh, we're very proud that we had the first Filipino-born mayor in all of America. Yes, we do have, uh, we do have San Lorenzo Ruiz. 
that's what we fondly called him. Um, he is uh, Saint Lorenzo Ruiz. Uh, he's the first Filipino saint, and um, we do. We are going to celebrate his fiesta in uh, what we call the feast day in September. And uh, we always started off with a nine-day novena, and um, each day of the novena is going to be celebrated in in uh, nine different parishes. Oh, very good, very good. Can, yeah. can, starting on the 14th of September, can you can you tell us which parish on which day? So we will be September 14th on Wednesday, going to Our Lady of Grace Church in West Sacramento. Sacramento. Mm-hmm. So the novena would, would start, at, and then the the mass would be at six thirty. So ev- every then, day there will be there will be the rosary and mass, or yeah, every day there's going to be a novena, mm-hmm. and and there's going to be a rosary, and there's going to be a mass. Okay, and and so, th- what time so would it be at? Um, the second day would be at Saint Paul Parish. In uh, Florence, Sacramento. In Florence, right. And then on the September 16th, a Friday, would be Our Lady of Mercy in um, Reading. Mm-hmm. Do you believe Reading is part of the? That's great. It's part of the. It's part of the nine-day novena. It's wonderful. And, and then um, on the 17th, a Saturday, would be at Saint Joseph Parish in Elk Grove. Okay. Um, the mass there would be at four o'clock, and uh, the novena there would be at four o'clock, and the mass would be at four thirty. Mm-hmm. And then on September eighteen, a Sunday, it would be at Divine Mercy Church in uh, in Atomas. Mm-hmm. The novena would be at four thirty, and the mass would be at five. Okay. And then on September nineteen, a Monday, it will be at Saint John the Baptist. A church in uh, Olson. The mass would uh, the novena would be at six, and the mass would be at six thirty. And then on September twenty, the um, it will be at Saint Rose, uh, De Lima in Roseville. The mass with the novena would be at six, and then the mass would be at six thirty. And then, if I may continue, Bob. Yes. And then on September. 21 would be at Holy Spirit in Fairfield. The novena would be at 6, and then the Holy Mass would be at 6.30. And then on September 22, a Thursday, it will be at St. Maria Goretti's Catholic Church in Elk Grove. The novena will be at 6, and then the Mass will be at 6.30. And then the, the 10th day, which is the, the last Actually, day would be grand celebration. Would be the feast day itself. It will be at Good Shepherd, a Catholic church in Elk Grove. Uh, it will be a mass uh, celebrated by our very own Most Reverend Bishop Jaime Soto. So everybody from the different parishes are welcome to come to God, Good Shepherd on September 23 at 6 p.m. to partake in the feast that we have. Ce- we have prepared uh, for everybody, you know, in honor of uh, in honor of San Lorenzo Ruiz, or Saint Lorenzo Ruiz, the martyr, the patron saint of migrants. The patron saint of mi- 
migrants, right, Bob? So uh, there's going to be a mass. Uh, Good Shepherd is so kind and generous to host the last day of this celebration. So everybody's also kind of preparing for this. Um, we've uh, And then uh, it's going to be a feast day. So just like any other Filipino feast days, it has got three basic elements, Bob. <laughs> the, the the feast day of a, of a uh, Filipino celebration. There's always first element, of course. There's always a patron saint, right? And in this case, it's San Lorenzo Ruiz. And then the second element that's always present is there's going to be dancing and singing. Mm-hmm. So after the mass, there's going to be a program. Um, you know, talents. You know, people will be dancing. People will be singing in honor of San Lorenzo Ruiz or Saint Lorenzo Ruiz, and then the third element, uh, as you may know already, it starts with the letter F, and it, and it, and it is food. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's going to be lots of Filipino food on that day. <laughs> and of course, this is a that's a Friday, the twenty-third. And that's a and, and that's a Friday. Right. That's a, Third. So there's going to be lechon, there's going to be pancit, there's going to be lumpia. So just like any <laughs> other Filipino feast day, you know, we have that. So there has to, there has to be lumpia, right? It, there has to be lumpia. Yes. You're right. There has to be lumpia, and there will be lumpia on, the, on that <laughs> night. That's wonderful. <laughs> so there you are. So it's, it's uh, the three key elements, uh, Filipino uh, uh, fiesta or feast day, patron saint, Dancing and food. You got that's it. How we celebrate Christmas. Uh, that's, how, that's how we celebrate a feast day. <laughs> it sounds wonderful to me. I'll pack up the family and be there early. Yes, yes. You're very much welcome. Uh, you're very much welcome. Everybody's welcome. Uh, you know, you don't have to pay anything. Uh, everything's going to be hosted by a Good Shepherd. Oh, how wonderful. A beautiful, beautiful so parish there, yeah, on Rocket Court in Roseville, um, in uh, Elk Grove, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful parish. So, mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's, it's just, uh, Mario, it's just so great to talk with you. Thanks thanks for all you do um, with the Filipino Apostolate here in the Diocese of Sacramento. And I think we're about to talk to uh, Marcel, maybe you can pronounce your name for me, Lumaquin? Lumakin. Lumakin. Okay, very good. Yes. Well, Mario, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you during this novena uh, from the 14th through the 22nd, and then the big celebration at Good Shepherd on the 23rd, with beginning with Holy Mass with Bishop Soto at 6 p.m. Thank, thank you so much, Bob, for having, for having us, for having me, and to represent the Filipino Apostolate. It's an honor. Uh, represent the Filipinos in the diocese and be in your radio show. And I would like to encourage all the Filipinos, uh, uh, if not on 9-day novena, but on the last day, on September 23rd at 6 p.m. at Good Shepherd. And also to pray for its success uh, through the intercession of San Lorenzo Ruiz. We're doing all this for his honor. Very good. Well, it's an honor to have you on, Mario. Thanks so, thanks so much. And God bless you and the Apostolate, uh, and uh, uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you again, Bob. Thank, thank you so thank much. You, thank you, Mario. Uh, that's Mario uh, Veriano.
uh, and uh, what what a great man they have here um, uh, in charge of the Filipino uh, apostolate, Mario Buriano. Uh, it's it's again it's a not as as the, the name suggests. It's a nine day novena. Uh, I guess you. English majors can say that's redundant, but that's what a novena is, is nine days uh, from September 14th to 22nd, uh, including uh, rosary and holy mass at nine different parishes. I love it when they move these things around and get so many people involved. The uh, 14th of September, beginning at a beautiful and historic Our Lady of Grace Parish in West Sacramento. And then on the 15th, moving to St. Paul's on, on Florin Road, uh, in er, a pretty much rural part of Florin Road. The 16th, Our Lady of Mercy up in the great city of Reading. Uh, 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 September 17th, St. Joseph's in Elk Grove. September 18th, Divine Mercy in Natomas. September 19th, St. John the Baptist in Folsom. September 20, St. Rose of Lima in Roseville. September 21st, Holy Spirit in Fairfield. And finally, September 22nd, a Thursday, St. Maria Goretti in Elk Grove. The, uh, the very first one, uh, the 14th, is a, a uh, Wednesday. So there, there will be nine, nine days total. And now we are pleased to welcome in Maricel Lemaquin. Uh, also from yes, the Apostle. Did I, did, did I pronounce your name correctly? Yes, you got it. Oh, You're man. Good. Wow, I get an A. <laughs> a plus. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to be be with us. Uh, we were just talking with Mario, and uh, it's uh, a great celebration coming up just right around the corner. I know. It's it's, it's exciting that um, we celebrate the Feast of from the Red Ceremonies uh, in Sacramento, so in the month of September, that's his um, fiesta. The patron the saint fiesta. of migrants, a man who lived in the primarily the early 17th century and was martyred. Uh-huh. Uh, tell us what, what you know uh, about uh, San Lorenzo Ruiz and, and also what it meant to you, say, growing up or what, what, what he means to you now. So, of course, San Lorenzo Ruiz, this is like way beyond, you know, it's in the 1600s. So right, um, right. I I have heard about him when I was growing up. And, of course, he wasn't a saint by then. So, um, but when we moved to the U.S., my family, that's when I got more involved with the celebration um, because I am... Uh, uh, an official or a member, an active uh, parishioner in the diocese and with the Filipino Apostolate of the Catholic Diocese of Sacramento. So um, what really struck me is that how how he fought and defended his faith, that he always said that if I have a thousand lives, I will give it to the Lord, I will Serve the Lord because uh, in Japan they want him to recant his faith, and he didn't. So um, that's really uh, on on these days. Who would do that, right? Like, right? You get tortured. Just recant your faith, and you will live. But he never did. So he stood and fought for his faith. He he defended 
the Catholic faith. He defended God and yeah, always. So I always remember what he always said that if he has a thousand lives, he will give it to the Lord. He yeah. will serve the Lord. Yeah, a beautiful and and heartbreaking story. He's, he's was a, a native of the Philippines, um, and yet uh, he died in Nagasaki in Japan. Yeah, so he, I know, uh, he, he, he went to Japan mm-hmm. to avoid being persecuted for, for a crime that he was accused of, but then it's actually worse in Japan because at that time they were persecuting Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it took, <laughs> they say that the Catholic faith moves slowly sometimes. It took until 1987 when he was canonized by Pope John Paul II. Yes. And we've celebrated his feast day actually on September the 28th. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And he was canonized in the Philippines. Yes, which is a real honor. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so September twenty eighth. That's his his day, and yeah, every every ten years, kind of like a milestone celebration. That mm-hmm. uh, they always have anniversary of San Lorenzo's colonization um, in the Philippines and and also in other parts of the world because he represented the migrants, right. the immigrants, just like me, just like my family. Mm-hmm. So he's our patron saint. Um, so it, it, he really uh, empowered me to continue to live my faith because um, for what he did, you know, that, that's like, oh, my goodness, you know, some, someone would, would be tortured and gave his life to God. So, uh, and his story, you know, every time I read his story, sometimes I can't even finish it because it's it's just too much, you know. It's very, it's, it. it's very hard to imagine uh, what he went through. And, yes. And uh, you, you wonder, do any of us have that kind of courage? Um, and and he stayed true to the faith right, right to his last breath. Exactly, yeah, uh-huh. So, okay, I, uh, I need to um, correct. So he was beatified February 18, 1981 in Manila. Yeah, that's right. Philippines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was canonized October 18, 1987 right. in Vatican by Pope John Paul. I, right, I yeah, he was, be, he was beatified. In, in, yeah, he was beatified in Manila. That's right. That's right. In Manila. Right. Yeah. I can remember if I was. If I was, yeah, I was still in the Philippines at that time. Cause mm-hmm. I saw Pope John Paul when he visited. When I was, probably, yeah, 1981. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I was still young. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm really grateful to our bishop that he initiated this meeting with the Filipino community in 2011. And... He gathered us, and we discussed like, um, who are we celebrating? You know, in 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 unison, we we voted, and uh, it was San Lorenzo Ruiz. You know, that we will 
celebrate uh, as a diocesan uh, fiesta in Sacramento. So I'm really grateful for Bishop Soto's support. Oh, and absolutely. I know it's motivation very, know. for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very important to him. Yeah. I, I know that yes. the, the, uh-huh. the Filipino community is, is close to his heart. So. Oh, yeah, I'm, so, I'm really glad. We're blessed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the bishop is coming out on the uh, on the 23rd to Good Shepherd in Elk Grove, and uh, Holy Mass will be celebrated at 6 p.m. and then followed by um, a celebration. Yes, the fellowship. The yeah. fellowship. Yeah, <laughs> fellowship. We'll call it fellowship. <laughs> and another word that starts with F: food. Of course. Yes. Like we always say, if there is. Uh, Misa, you know the Mass? Mm-hmm. There is, following that is Mesa, the table <laughs> right. for our fellowship. Right. So, because food is um, like, who, who doesn't like food, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just one form of our um, celebration. We Filipinos love to eat, and uh, for every milestone, celebration, there's always food. To, um, would symbolize you know, um, happiness for us. Sure. So we, we celebrate. Yeah, so it, it, so it, it, we, we join together and, yeah, make sure everyone is full with lumpia and yeah. sunset, right? Yeah. I, I was, uh, <laughs> and adobo. Talking to Mario, I said, you can't have a celebration without lumpia. Exactly. <laughs> if there's no lumpia, people are asking, like, where's the lumpia? <laughs> so, <laughs> right? And it's all free. That's the wonderful part. Yes, because we have generous um, in the community who donates and um, they sponsor. So um, we we can do. We did some fundraising before by selling San Lorenzo Ruiz T-shirts, but we only have a few this year. But you know, God God provides. God is good. That every year. We always have abundant blessing. We always have abundant um, food to share and in fellowship with our uh, community because it's not just Filipino who attend the celebration. It's everybody. So this is a celebration led by the Filipino community, but it's open to everyone. This is our way of evangelizing to our other, um, to the other Filipinos who are not familiar with from the rest of the East because it's either they were born in the U.S. or they've been here for a long time and they're not familiar that we have San Lorenzo Luis as the first Filipino saint. Right. So every year, um, we the Philippine Apostolate, we go around the diocese. That's why we have this nine-day novena also in different churches. This was our way of reaching out to our, um, we call them kababayan, you know, fellow men, our mm-hmm. kababayan and reaching out to them and evangelizing to them uh, about San Jerusalem and the Catholic faith. So um, this has been really great that we started this in 2012, the celebration of the fiesta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it, I've been it, involved since then. So. That's, it's, it's wonderful. And uh, you look at all the contributions to the faith from the Fili- Filipino community here in the Diocese of Sacramento. It's legendary. Yes, yes, uh-huh. And uh, we had our um, leaders in the Filipino apostolates and friends 
who have been with us since the very beginning, and some some of them have already passed, but their legacy remained with us. That um, they were with us when we were just starting to celebrate the the fiesta, mm-hmm. and um, we remember them in this celebration. Very good. Well, you know. You, you, we were laughing about food, how much uh, everybody loves food, but the, the really blessed ones are the ones who get to share food, huh? You know, and yeah. some of my happiest memories are sharing food with whether it was family or friends or complete strangers, you know. Uh, um, <laughs> yes, it's, yes. It's, those, are, those are really happy moments when you can share. So I plan to, uh, plan to uh, I told Mario I plan to bring my family, and I sure hope a lot of people, a lot of people do because that's a, uh, it will be a wonderful, wonderful celebration at Good Shepherd on. Uh, the yes, tw- at Good Shepherd in Outgrove. It's, tw- and it's not just food. Yes. It's not just food because we also have program. We have dancing. Right. We have singing. So um, traditional um, folk dancers. Um, we did that in the past. So and um, you see, also we are going to wear our uh, traditional Filipiniana and Barong Tagalog. The traditional dress for uh, Filipinos. It's our dress when we celebrate uh, an important event. Oh, very good. So just like the the fiesta. So and it's 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 beautiful. You will see different designs, different colors, and uh, it's it's so beautiful to see our uh, the Filipino community you know, uh, wearing their traditional dresses proudly. And in unity, with faith, we pray together, and we celebrate. It's a celebration. So, right now, talking to you, I'm so happy already. I am imagining the celebration of the fiesta. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. Well, you should, you should it's be. A, it's, it's a joyful, it's a joyful feeling. It's gonna, it's gonna be a great time, and and the novena le- leading up to it being very, very special, including. Holy Mass and the Rosary nine days in a row, all at different parishes, all culminating at Good Shepherd on September 23rd, a Friday, uh, at Elk Grove, uh, with Holy Mass with Bishop Soto beginning at 6 p.m. And then, uh, as you say, the celebration and the dancing and the food and uh, uh, the traditional dress and all that uh, will be be on display uh, on the 23rd. Can't wait. Can't wait, yeah. It's Marcel, uh, a real pleasure to talk with you. God, God bless you and uh, and your ministry, and we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you so much. Thank See you. you at the fiesta. Indeed, thank you, Marcel. That's that's wonderful. Uh, we uh, we'll take a quick break here again. Um, let's run through these really quickly. September fourteen, and this is the Holy Rosary and and Mass, and some of the times are going to vary a little bit. So check with. Uh, each church and each parish and uh, get the time. Uh, most of them will be you know, late, late afternoon or early evening. Uh, September 14th, Our Lady of Grace in West Sacramento. 15th, St. Paul's in Flora, on Florin Road here in Sacramento. September 16th, Our Lady of Mercy in Reading. 17th, St. Joseph's in Elk Grove. 18th, Divine Mercy in Natomas. 19th, St. John the Baptist in Folsom. September 20, St. Rose in Roseville. 21st, St. Holy Spirit in Fairfield. And the 22nd, the, the, the ninth day of the novena, Thursday, St. Maria Goretti in Elk Grove. And then the big celebration at Holy Mass with Bishop Soto beginning at 6 p.m. on Friday, September 23rd, 
uh, Good Shepherd in Elk Grove. Um, everyone's invited, no charge at all. Uh, come and, uh, and, and pray and celebrate, um, attend Holy Mass, and then uh, the big celebration afterwards, and certainly stay for dinner and dancing and, and all the celebration. We'll take a quick break. Back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the, the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrusites. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. Good morning. This is Sister Maria, and I'm the Formation Director for the Seminarians, and you are listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Sister Maria, for that wonderful introduction and all the great work you do here in the Diocese of Sacramento and the Office of Vocations. We are pleased to welcome in Marie Leatherby, the Executive Director of the Sacramento Life Center. Marie, always good to hear your voice. Yeah, good to hear you, Bob. Thank uh, Marie, you. I was reading the Sacramento Bee, uh, oh, I don't know, a few days ago, I'll say. Uh, uh, very, and, and I know you had discussed with, with us the last time you were on prior to uh, being interviewed by the Bee about uh, the Sacramento Life Center and trying to maybe straighten out some misconceptions the general public might have <laughs> and i th i thought uh it was it was very well done i i, I know I, I rarely get written about i usually do the writing but th i know the few times i have been written about there there are little things where you go oh that, that's not exactly right you know yeah. <laughs> I, I have six kids not 60 you know <laughs> you know things like that but i really thought it was um that that the the columnist uh, yeah Melinda Melinda Henneberger who is the current Pulitzer Prize winner for commentary in the entire country yeah. Uh, yeah. I, thought, I thought she did an excellent job in uh, in a forum where maybe 
somebody telling the truth about something and dispelling some of the myths and some of the real nastiness that has been said um, took a took a fair amount of courage. I but, know, but she I really she think was. She was. I was confident. Number one, I know. I know uh, who she is. I, I, she's not a friend or anything, but I, but I've, I, I know of her writing, and she's an excellent writer. And I've always sensed that she's she's very fair. She's not out to to prove any points. She is a columnist, so she's uh, yeah. free to put her opinions in there. And and uh, she uh, just went in to see. You know, okay, people are saying this, and people are saying this, and you and you said. Come, come see us, you know, uh, come look yeah. under the curtains, look, look, you know, you know, check everything yeah. out. And, and she did. And she, and she wrote a very, very fair piece, which, uh, for yeah. which I, I'm sure she's taking some, some real hits. Yeah. I, I told her that too, before she came, she would take some hits. And I also said, I don't think your editor will put it in the paper, anything positive about us. And she just smiled, so she must have been, felt pretty good about about it. So, well, you know, when you yeah. when you are have you are a Pulitzer Prize winner, you've kind of yeah. reached the top of your profession. Yeah. I mean, there's probably fifty thousand journalists who thought they had a, a column or a piece of commentary that was worthy of a Pulitzer. Well, she and there's only one winner. She yes. was this year's, or you know, it's they they awarded yes. this year for last year for work in twenty twenty one, and as a columnist, that's a that's a that's a huge honor. It's like winning the Olympic gold medal, and yeah, and so as a result, I'm sure she has, especially as a new hire at the B as well, uh-huh. uh, she she's empowered. To give her opinion, she's earned. She's earned that right. She's earned her right. And yeah. uh, if she says, I mean, they're not paying her to just uh, parrot the party line. Right. You know, they're right. Pay, they're, and, they're paying her to be provocative and to to write the way she has written, which led to a Pulitzer. And and I mean, there, there's way more than winning a Pulitzer. Some sometimes you just get lucky. Sometimes you're really average, and one day you hit a home run with the bases loaded. <laughs> and you win a Pulitzer, you know that's not the case yeah. with with Melinda. She's she's got a great track record. Yeah, and I I felt you know I've had other columnists approach me, and I felt I could trust her, and um, and I was right. But one thing I knew she had going for her, well, she was a Notre Dame grad for one, yeah, right? But um, <laughs> but her mother ran a Gabriel project. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. So she knows what, you know, pro-life people do to help mm-hmm. women in need. So we had that going for us. Well, you know, and you guys are outside the, the, the political arena, you know. I mean, nowadays people are getting so many labels put on them. Well, if you if you believe in this, you must be that. And if you believe in that, you must be this. And, and trying right. to connect all these dots about people. You folks stay out of the political arena as best you can and you just advocate helping women in need and bottom line that i'm always telling people now whether it's you folks or bishop gago's maternity home or the gabriel project or uh, saint vincent de paul which always gets involved in these kinds of things helping people your whole goal is is to provide these women a true choice 
which is the word of the day, choice. You're providing a choice, whether whether abortion is illegal or whether it's completely legal. And as we've seen, it's going to vary dramatically from state to state. Your role is the same. You are providing these people the opportunity to have a baby. And you're not twisting their arms. You're not tying them down. You're not trying to baptize them. You're, you're just trying to help them. Yeah, with whatever they need. Yeah, and good work. So, you know, I don't mind people, you know, all the bad things they say about us that just water off the duck's back. I can take it and because I know what we're doing is such a great thing. We help so many people. Yep. So, Yeah. I, I got the opportunity also to talk to some editors at the um, L.A. Times, and they aren't quite as friendly. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they wanted some, um, you know, against Prop 1. They wanted to hear some arguments against Prop 1. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one of them that I gave them was, yeah, poor women don't feel they have a choice in this state. And all, you know, you want to do is pour more money for them towards abortions, and, you know, yeah, so you even know, though it's not political, we, we are trying to make a stand for women, and, and poor families are getting poorer right now with inflation, and they need some help as well. Yeah, so. you know, I mean, the, the one point that was, uh, that Melinda Henneberger made uh, that I thought was, was really telling, and it's almost like you could see her, you know, rolling her eyes, saying, you know, when it said, People who claim they thought they were going to the Sacramento Life Center to get an abortion <laughs> and you guys were tricking them. It takes a real stretch of the imagination to think. And also, I guess, uh, a kind of a knock on, on women that, that you, you couldn't connect Sacramento Life Center with having an abortion. You know, that right. I mean, that, that was that that was just obviously on its face a false <laughs> argument or a false statement. And yet, you know, the, the the one thing about Prop One, and and again, I, I, you don't want to preach to the choir. The choir is already singing singing our tune. You know, you want to get people on the other side to at least consider what you do. And the yeah. the thing that's troubling about California is we are committing great and it's not just prop one but but uh, legislatively and etc great amounts of energy and money toward abortion and helping yeah. i mean re- re- literally financing helping people get abortions mm-hmm. and okay that we understand that's the that's the nature of california but what about providing in some equal amount, it, because yeah. we are a pro-choice state, what about the state providing money for those who like to have a baby and feel like they, they just don't have the resources to do so? Because we, yeah. we hear that that is the number one reason for abortion, yeah. is lack of, if you feel like you lack of resources, you're going to lose your job, you're going to, you know, you don't, you don't have uh uh, money you, you've got other kids you, yeah. you you don't have enough uh, you don't have a job that has you has any kind of job protections and and as a result uh you have an abortion so let's uh, let's kind of even the score by by saying hey if you want to have a baby the state of california is on your side you know at least they're all about equality and 
everything being equitable and inclusion. Let's just really put that those terms to. No, I mean you're not you're not trying. I mean you'd you'd love to see them change the law, but you're not trying to even change the law. You're just uh, trying to say, hey, let's be let's let's provide equal resources on both sides. Although, you know, you you and your cohorts could always use more resources, but right now you're not taking a dime of state or federal money for for anything, and you don't. And the the other thing is is. You don't charge a penny to anybody. It's not like, well, fill out all these forms, and then we'll we'll see if you qualify to for financial aid here. No, it's 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 no questions asked, free for everybody. Uh, you can be yeah. a millionaire and walk in there, and it's free. And the, the yep. thing the thing that's really uh, that that really strikes me that you 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 don't take or look f- for anything, but to help each individual person in their in their yeah. need and i i would think that fair-minded people everywhere uh no matter where they felt uh, where they stood on the legality of abortion would support organizations like sacramento life center i know because you're, you're help you're 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 helping people you know and and uh um you you help the undocumented you help yes. anybody who comes who comes through your door. So um, it's 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 an interesting uh, an, an interesting dynamic here in in California. That uh, it is, and we get so many undocumented. And that's one thing I told Melinda is you know Planned Parenthood often sends the undocumented mm-hmm. to us. I think because they don't get any money out of them, or they don't want an abortion. So. Um, and we couldn't find one because, you know, they're very hard to get a hold of. They don't speak English. They're, you know, they're moving around. So I couldn't come up with one to tell her. But we do get those referrals all the time. Right. And, and you know, yeah. the, the, the other thing that it just it's so mind-bogglingly helpful, uh, you are getting people on Medi-Cal. You're getting people on CalFresh, you're finding them a doctor. I mean, it makes me want to cry. Uh, there are so many people out there in the world, uh, some of them homeless, I think, for this very reason. They just can't, they can't fill out forms and cut through red tape and make a phone call if they have a phone and, and get the, you know, the recording and they sit for two hours trying to talk to a real person. Yes. Uh, they just, you know... Th- they can't. They can't navigate that, and you're yeah. doing it. You're doing it all for them, right? Yeah, because we get some women in that are pretty late term that are referred to us that have not seen doctors. And That's amazing. They've gotten in sooner, but they just, yeah, they can't navigate it. It's too much. Um, it's hard for you know people that aren't on the margins to yeah, yeah. manage it all. Yeah, it's a lot. So we do we do do that, and that's a huge help. That's something we started doing a few years back. Oh, can you? I mean, can you imagine coming in? Uh, you're pregnant. You don't have a doctor. Uh, you don't have any way to pay for anything. Um, and here, are these people find you a doctor that day. They, yeah. They get you on. They get you financial aid that day. They get you. 
They mm-hmm. tell you where you can get some groceries for free that day. They, they, and they yeah. get you signed up for all these programs. It's just, it's, right. it's a tremendous service. Yeah, you get an ultrasound. You meet with the nurse that goes over your health history. You get, you just get a lot in a short amount of time. And uh, you really, they really walk out with their heads held high, you know? Yeah, well, I think, I think it, in many cases, uh, a great sense of relief, like, like, wow, <laughs> I, I feel like a new person. Like, I've got, I've got all this help now. Yes. Oh, they do. They're, they're very excited. And, and um, just, it, the transformation, you know, the, it's like a weight lifted off of their shoulders, you know, mm-hmm. with. It's like, don't worry, we're going to take care of everything, and don't worry about diapers or formula or wipes or anything for two years. And they're like, what? Yeah, like, yeah, for two years. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) It's really mind-boggling. And then, you know, just because you you don't want to do an abortion, the people just attack you, you know? Our, Our Google and our Yelp have had to be frozen because, um, you know, these Jane's Revenge and stuff have had people just go on and automatically send all these bad reviews. So I, they're trying to protect. We can't get good reviews either. They've had to freeze all pregnancy center accounts. Well, I, I mean, I looked even in some of the the comments after the, the B uh, column and, um, you know, uh, yeah. just, uh, you know, it's like, uh, did you even read what, you know, was written here? You know, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's, it's one of the frustrations of this day and age is, is how divided we are. You know, it's, it it's, uh, I, I yep. look at the most, and not taking a side on, on either side at all, but I look at the most recent legislation that was passed in the Senate and it was, it passed in in both houses of Congress, and and uh, it was it was a hundred percent one way in one party, and hundred percent in both houses, you know, and and yeah. you go wow, can we really be that divided? There wasn't one person on this side that thought it was a good idea, and not one person on the other side who thought it was a bad <laughs> idea. Terrible. Yeah, it's like it's it's party first and country somewhere down the road <laughs> you know it's like it's crazy yeah. and then i and then my stock um you know guy tried to convince me that's the best time to buy stock so nothing's, <laughs> <gonna be done. laughs> nothing's gonna swing either way yeah so oh that's funny <laughs> sales pitch. oh brother so, Anyways, yeah, so we have some events coming up. Yes, yeah, the 50th anniversary coming out your ears. Yeah, so we're doing just a really fun family fest, you know, art show, wine and tasting and uh, games for kids and bounce house at the Life Center on Friday, Friday evening. And uh, come on over and and people can just take a tour of the clinic and uh, meet some nice folks and have a have a good time. There'll be some food trucks, and the knights will be out there with a the beer wagon, and so it'll be fun. And Very then uh, on, on September 10th at uh, 9.30 in the morning, it's a Saturday morning, we're doing a memorial. It's an ecumenical service, kind of interfaith service for the unborn. 
and that's kind of a healing ceremony um, for people that may have lost a baby, either through abortion or miscarriage or stillbirth, to come and uh, find some healing there, and we'll be laying a wreath, and you can enter your baby's name, and so, so we're doing that just for, you know, all the children lost in the last uh, 50 years since been here, and then on September 15th at 6 p.m., we're doing a 50th anniversary mass at St. Clair's. That's and September so, 15. Yes, so we're, we'll be uh, starting to advertise that coming up. But that'll be just a a really nice mass with uh, several priests, and we'll have a little reception after, and just come uh, celebrate with us. Our founders were, you know. Catholics and priests, and we want to just celebrate that. So, and what t- what time of day will that? It's, that's a that's a Thursday, I believe. Yeah, Thursday at six p.m. Six p.m. at St. Clair in Roseville. At St. Clair's, yes, yeah. So we have those things, and then of course November fifth is our big gala at the Hyatt Regency, and uh, invitations should be in the mail this week, but people can go online, and our people are already registering. Tables are already selling, so. Um, we're really excited about that, our big 50th uh, gala. Wow. And, uh, it'll be super fun. And the first one was a spaghetti feed in somebody's backyard. Yes, in 1973, <laughs> first fundraiser. You didn't know yep. if it was going to be the first annual or just the first and last. Right, <laughs> yep. So the Life Center's come a long way, so it's, it's something really to celebrate. Uh, all we've done and all we're accomplishing and and keep accomplishing. We just gave our first three um, exciting week scholarships to three moms. Oh wow! To, uh, pregnant moms to finish school, you know, help them with their education and get through it. These are the Connie Cops and Pam Anderson scholarships. Yes. yes, yes. So that was very exciting this week, and um, we're it's going to be a really great. Program and those things weren't chump change either. They were no. very helpful. Yes, I mean we all know people that you know have been pregnant and how am I going to finish my education? How am I going to get through it? And so yeah, that that really means a lot to these moms. And we have several pending that want to get into programs, so we're really excited to help them with that. So that's our new program, and then our benevolent fund. We've helped a couple moms this month with, you know, things that before we had to refer out. Right. We're doing well that we can help with other necessities in emergency situations. You know, food. Um, we had a homeless couple. Missionaries of Charity brought a cute homeless couple with a bunch of kids this week, and we were able to give them, you know, Walmart cards and diapers and mm-hmm. load them up with stuff. And, and I saw sister, um, the, the mother, I can't think of her name, but somewhere this week, I mean, she just ran up, gave me a big hug, now I'm their new best friend. So. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. And December 1st, the baby basket drive. Um, in December, yeah, we. that's when we try to really fill our, you know, our all our resources for through the year to help moms with diapers and mm-hmm. wipes and all that. We do that in December so that we can, uh, for the following year, 
to help all our moms, clothing. Um, so, you know, we ask people to, you know, donate $50 for a basket or, or more than one basket in uh, December, and we use that money throughout the year to help these moms with those baby necessities. Very good. Well, Marie, always a, always a joy to talk with you. Uh, Thank you. God's blessings to you and your family and uh, everybody there at the Life Center and, and all the people that visit the Life Center and uh, keep up the great work. Yeah. Okay. You too. God bless. Bob. God bless. Marie, thanks so much. That's Marie Leatherby, the Executive Director of the Sacramento Life Center. Remember, their gala on November the 5th at the Hyatt Regency. Just go to saclife.org uh, and you'll learn all about it. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. We'll talk to you again soon. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, Some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about Uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. Well, here I am in a river of questions. Can I pour my heart out to a listening ear? Well, I see this life valleys and mountains and I think of all the roads that brought me here oh that brought me here walking down walking down the road well I've questioned my reasons this life I'm living I question my ability to judge wrong from right well I questioned all the things I've ever called certain My race, my religion, my country, my mind But the one thing I don't question is you You really love me like you say you do You really love me like you say you do So hold me, I need you Hold me Well, I've questioned Meaning and relevance Does the work I'm doing Really matter at all Well I question my friendships A liar's dependence Who will still be here When I fall But the one thing I don't Question